Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Thanks so much, Kels. How are we doing tonight? It is so good that you're here with us. I'm so thankful that you are here. Hey, why don't you, just in this moment, we have been worshipping together. Why don't you just lift your hands right where you're at? Holy Spirit, we've been inviting you. We've been declaring your glory, your goodness, your power, your majesty. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come right now and invade every place. God, there's such a a thick, tangible sense of Your presence right here. And God, I'm asking, Lord, that it would translate to every single room, that it would go into every single place, God. And God, I pray, Lord, as, as Your Word comes, Lord, that You would work on the areas of our heart, that You would speak to us, we pray. God, we want to be more and more like You. God, we need You like never before. In Jesus' Name I pray. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Hey, it's so good to be with you here at the 5pm. I just want to welcome you. If you're from one of our other Melbourne locations, whether it be South, East or West, uh, or if you're a city location person, we just want to welcome you to our 5pm. And maybe you've tuned in for the first time or this is a, a new time that you've been with us. We want to thank you for being here with us. I've got a word in my heart that I'm excited to, uh, to that I feel like God has really spoken to us about. Before we get into that, I would just love it um, if we could show our appreciation to our uh, senior pastors. You know, I I think it's really important that we understand uh, these people aren't superhuman. They're just like you and I. They have emotions like you and I. They go through uh, ups and downs like you and I. And in this season where they are leading uh, a church, a global church through a pandemic, uh, we want to make sure that we are encouraging them, that we are supporting them, that we are praying for them. So what I want, what I'd love for you to do is why don't you jump on Instagram or or whatever way it is and just send them a message, say, hey, we love you. We are so thankful for you. They are leading so well in this season. And so why don't you do that? And maybe uh, also do it to your, if you're at a different location than our city location, why don't you send some love to your location pastors as well? Because they are doing a phenomenal job as well. Awesome. Well, I have a word for you tonight and it's found. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 15, starting in verses 1 to 6. And the title of my message is From the Tent of, Dis- uh, from the tent of Discouragement to the Stars of Promise. From the Tent of Discouragement to the Stars of Promise. Why don't we read in Genesis chapter 15 and My Bible here is taking a bit of time, but that's okay. We'll get there. Loading it up again. Here we go. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. It says this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me as I continue childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. 
And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring. A member of my household will be my heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought himself out and said to him, Look to heaven and number the stars if you are able to. If you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he continued, uh, and he counted, and and he counted it to him righteousness. God, I just thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you that in the midst of this time and this moment in history, that this is not a surprise to you, that this doesn't come to you out of the blue. But God, you are aware of what's happening. You are in control. And God, I pray, Lord, that even tonight, as we dive into Your Word, that You would give us a glimpse, give us a glimpse of what You are doing. God, bring us in onto Your page. Make us aware of what You are doing. God, because we know You are the truth that we can base our life upon. In Jesus' Name, I pray. And everyone said... Amen. Hey, I'm going to need you to help me preach. There is uh, not many people in this room and I'm not used to uh, doing this. I I need some feedback. So in any way that you can, uh, if you can hit that like button or whatever is there for you, uh, why don't you do that? And I'm going to do my absolute best uh, to to deliver the Word. You know, last Friday, uh, my wife and I, we got home after picking up our kids from childcare and it's about 6, 6.30 at night and it's Friday night. It's like, you know what, I can't be bothered uh, making dinner. So I said to my wife, I said, uh, why, don't we, why don't we go and we'll get some takeout. It'll be easier, it'll be quick. We'll get the kids sorted. We'll get them in bed and we can just kind of relax and it'll be great. So I, I just kind of felt like some deep fried chicken and some chips. And so I jumped on, I ordered that and, and uh, they said, you know, it'll be in, in 20 minutes. So I jump in the car, head down there, pick up my order, drive home again, open it up only to find that they got the order wrong. And it's Friday night. I'm like, I just want to chill out. I just want to, I just want to hang out with my wife. I, I, I don't want to have to. And I'm getting frustrated. So I grab the bag. I get back in the car. I drive all the way down back to the shop, which will remain nameless. And I get in there and I say, oh, look, really, I'm sorry, but you seem to um, have misplaced my order and got it wrong. It hasn't got everything that it needs. And so, so they say, oh, look, I'm so sorry here. We'll, we'll make sure we get it right. And they find it and they, they hand it to me and I, and I head out the door and I realise um, that this had now been sitting under a heat lamp for a long period of time. And it was no longer crispy chicken, it was soggy chicken and no one likes soggy chicken. So I took it back in and said, hey, can you just remake this? It's soggy, it's no good. I, I'm not, I don't really want to eat this. So I'm sitting there for another half an hour. And they said, finally, David, your order's ready. And they, we pick it up, we go and I get in the car, I have a look again and the sauce that I ordered isn't there. So I get back out of my car. By this stage, I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed. It's Friday night. It's getting later and I just want to get home with my fried chicken and chips. I just want to have my meal. I get in there and I finally get the order right. By the time I get home, sit on my couch with my fried chicken and chips, it is now 8.30. I mean, I had gone through all of the emotions. I've been ticked off. I'd been annoyed. I'd probably been quite rude. And I've got to this point where I'm so like, you know what? Nothing in this world could go right. We're in a pandemic 
were locked down. And I, I'm sure you've been there. Maybe it's not over fried chicken and chips. Maybe it's over something serious and more serious than this. But I'm sure in this season of our life, discouragement is rampant throughout every single person. You only have to have a conversation with somebody for five minutes to realise that discouragement is round about us all in this season. And here's what I want us to understand is oftentimes your greatest discouragement often leads to the most intimate encounters with God. Your greatest moments of discouragement often lead us into the greatest intimate moments with God. I remember when I was 18, I was trying out for uh, a, a cricket team here in Melbourne. And, uh, and, and in my mind, this was my destiny. This is what I was called to do. This is what I was gonna do with my life. I was gonna be a professional athlete, play cricket, hopefully for our state and maybe even for our country. And I remember trying out at 18 years of age, I'd made some reps teams and I thought, you know, what? I've got a chance at this. So I tried out on this particular weekend. I, I get back and they said, look, we'll give you a call when you've made the, t- when you've made the side. And so I'm at home waiting for a phone call. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, the problem with waiting is I feel like the, 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 the waiting part, the not knowing when it's coming is the worst. You see, if I just had been told, you know, if, we, if you'll get a phone call by this date, you know, I would have been okay. But one week went past, two weeks go past, things are changing, three weeks go past. And I, I go to this, uh, this conference and I can remember in this moment in time where I'm waiting for them to pick me to be part of their team. And I'm yearning for it, I'm designed, but I've got to that stage now where I'm like getting discouraged. This may not happen. And I'm in this conference, I'm in this meeting and, I, and I'm going, God, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what's going on in my world. This is what I wanna do, but it doesn't seem to be happening. And God in a moment of time said three words that forever changed my life. It was the moment that fully altered the course of my life. And He said, I choose you. I choose you. See, it may not mean too much to you, but for me, that meant the world to me. Because for the first time, I felt like somebody had picked me to be on their team, to be part of what they were doing, which meant so much to me. I tried so hard to be part of this team. I've been trying hard to be part of that group of friends. I've been trying hard to be part of this thing. But slowly but surely, I was getting knocked back here and there. Finally, someone chose me. We go through times and and seasons in our life of discouragement. And here we find Abram. He's in a moment in chapter 15 of Genesis. God's come to him before and spoken to him, give him some promises, say, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna give you a nation. There are gonna be generations that come out of your family. I'm gonna bless them. There is all of these promises that come. And yet Abram finds himself in his tent and God comes to him in an intimate moment, in a vision and says, Abram, I'm going to be your shield. You're going to be incredibly wealthy. I am for you. And Abram's response is of someone who's discouraged. His response is not, yes, God, I believe in you, but it's a real human response of like, hang on, God, you've told me all this, but the reality of what I'm living right now does not look like that. And I, I can kind of see in this moment, in this time, we as a church, we've been talking, we're going from restriction to revival. Are we? Like, it doesn't look like it. I'm speaking to a camera full of an empty room. 
It can be discouraging. We, we, we can be on uh, uh, watching the, the, the news and find out, no, we're in lockdown for another week. No, we're, and all of a sudden we go through all of the emotions from ticked off to angry to frustrated to crying to every emotion. But oftentimes it gets to this point of, when's this gonna end? I've been there. I've been in this space of like, God, when is this season going to end? I moved my family away from our extended family on a call of what you called me to do, but I find myself where we're isolated, we're alone. And discouragement so quickly can come. But can I tell you that in those moments of discouragement often lead to the greatest encounters. Because as we bring that sense of discouragement, as we bring all of those emotions to Him, can I tell you that those emotions don't shock God. It's not like He's like, oh, you know, I'm really concerned about your emotional state and I'm gonna have to change everything right now. No, no, He, he knows what you're going through and He's not a, a, a scared by that or put off by that. If anything, He's like, come to me. In First Peter Chapter 5, verse 7, it says this, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. I don't know about you, but I've been casting a lot of stuff to Him because He's the one who, who actually knows how to get us through. He's the one that has all of the answers. He's the one that has everything for us. And can I tell you, God is not scared by your discouragement. In actual fact, your discouragement doesn't change God's mind or His character. It doesn't change His, His Word over your life. We find here in verse 4 of our, of our text uh, this evening, it says, Jesus, God's response to Abraham's like, I don't have anyone, is this man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. In other words, in the midst of Abraham's discouragement, God didn't go, oh, you know what, I, oh, let me just tweak the promise or the prophetic word of your life. No, God says, no, 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 it's, it's okay. I understand things look a certain way at the moment, but can I tell you, this is where you're heading. You are gonna be a father of many nations. You are going to have a son and you are going to be having a legacy in your life. You see, God is the same forever. Hebrews chapter 13, verse eight says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And can I tell you that He is still God of the breakthrough. He is still the God that can supply all of your needs in this season. He is still the God that heals all our diseases. He is still the God who, who desires that all men shall be saved. His character doesn't change because of our emotional state. His words over your life don't, don't change based upon the circumstance that we find ourselves in. No, He is the same today, tomorrow and every day after. He is the same what He has been yesterday in the fact that what He brought you through in previous seasons, He will bring you through this season. His character does not change. So the question then becomes, which two environments will you choose to be a part of? Will you choose to position and posture yourself, your mind, your thinking, your attention in who God's character is? Or will you choose to place yourself 
in the environment of your circumstance? Will you place yourself, because the choice is yours. You get to choose which environment are you going to lean in and be a part of? Will you be a part of what God is doing and who He is and what He said He's doing? Or will you go, you know what? I know God said that, but the reality of my circumstances say this. The reality of what I'm seeing right now is I'm actually isolated and alone. And Dave, this is great that you're speaking to me right now, but there's no one else in my room. Can I tell you? Yes, there is. He's right there with you. His character is unchanging. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. The words that have been spoken over your life, they are not forgotten, deleted, cancelled. No, they are words of destiny, of purpose. See, your environment determines your perspective. Your environment determines your perspective. What do I mean by that? In this story, we see that there are two environments. There's the environment of the tent and there's also the environment of the stars. And in this story, Abram finds himself, or we find Abram, he's in the tent and the tent has walls. It has an opening, it's safe. But the environment of the stars is that the stars are limitless. The Bible says that you can look up and it goes on forever and ever and ever. But there's also some risk because those stars are incredibly dangerous. There, there, are, there are things, there are risky things that maybe you don't even know about. There's a bit of risk in seeking, in being in amongst the stars. But can I tell you, there is destiny found in the stars. And so here's the question that I think we find ourselves in is, will I be in an area of safety that I know, that I can trust, that will keep me safe? Or will I set myself in an environment of where I'm headed? Will I base myself in the promises of the stars of what God has? You see, in this story, we see Abram, he's in the tent. This is a bit of a small tent. I'm sure it was bigger. It's a little bit low and I'm getting older, so it's harder to get up. He's in the tent. And I can just think each night they would come into the tent, him and his wife, I don't know how she fits, but she's in here too. And the servants are all in here and they're having dinner. And you, you need to understand is every time Abram comes into the tent, he's reminded of the son that he doesn't have. The son that he, he's promised but hasn't come into existence yet, he's reminded of every time he comes into the tent. See, the tent has limitations. The tent reminds him of the things that haven't come true yet. And God in His wisdom and His power comes into Abram's moment and in his tent and says, will you fix your eyes somewhere different? I know you can't see your son right now, but why don't you, you come out of the tent and hey, hey, why don't you look at the stars? Why don't you look up to the stars and I love, I love how God's, uh, how, how, how He works. He says, why don't you count them if you can? Now, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a country kid and, um, and I, I have been outdoors quite a bit and I've had my parents often say, go on, let's try and count the stars. And you start and like, it, it's, it's impossible. And yet, this is what we need to understand. God's words and His thoughts and His intentions over your life are limitless. They don't have a limit. 
He knows the very hairs that are on your head. He knows everything about you. He knows what you will achieve, what you will do. He knows every part of potential that's in you. But the question is, if, if we stay in the tent, if we stay in the tent of limitation, of discouragement, of what's not going right, of what I don't see right now, of the areas that aren't going right, of the promises that haven't manifested themselves right now, or we can choose to start to look to the heavens. See, I've found every time in my life that when I've been through a season of discouragement, I have a choice to make, is that will I hear what God has said? Will I tune my ear to what He is saying? Will I, will I open my ears to what He is communicating? Will I remember what He has said over my life? Will I hold on to that? Will I fix my attention towards that? Why? Because your sight determines your destiny. See, what you focus on is where you're heading. See, if, if all you see is the limitations of the moment that you're in right now and what's not being uh, fulfilled and what's not coming to pass, the reality is that's where your destiny lies. But the moment that you get out of the tent and you start to look towards what God has spoken over your life, what He has said in times where, where you felt discouraged and empty and, and, and things aren't gonna work out, when you fix your eyes upon that, that's where your destiny is found. I went up when I was younger with, a, with a, a young guy who was training to be a pilot, which can I say was quite um, a silly move and a very scary one. But we're up in the plane and, and we're about 10,000 feet in the air. And, uh, and I noticed that he, he, he decided, you know, Dave, we're going to do a stall. I'm like, I, I don't know what that is, but okay. Which essentially is like turning the motor off and waiting for the plane to start to fall out of the sky before you turn it back on and kick it off again. I had no idea. And so, so he says, we're gonna do a stall. And I'm sitting in, in, like it's a small plane. Like I can literally reach outside if I wanted to and touch the wing. Like this is a tiny little thing. And he stalls and I'm going, what are you, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? I'm, I'm grabbing the handles like, like I know what to do. And all of a sudden we start to fall into the air and it's fall down and he kicks the motor back on and off we go. And then out of the corner of his eye, he starts to look out the window and I realise where he starts to look is where the plane goes. I'm like, what are you doing? And in that moment, I realised the importance of understanding what you fix your attention on is what you go towards. You see, Hebrews says this in, in Hebrews chapter two, looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith. Because He is the one that we go after. He is the one that our, guy, our, our gaze is upon. Because as we look towards Him, we become more and more like Him. Can I give you a little tip? If, if you are struggling with an area in your life, instead of focusing on what you're struggling with, why don't you just focus on who He is? And you will see that that thing no longer becomes an issue in your life. What you... Fix your eyes upon is what captures your attention and the destiny you head towards. This is my last point. It says this, that great faith comes by simply believing at God's Word. Like just simply believing what He said. When, um, when I was a bit younger, we used to, me and my friends used to go out on uh, Lake Epilogue and they had a, had a boat 
and um, we didn't have enough money to have ski gear. So we just got the next best thing, which was just basically a big tractor tube, pump it up with air, tie it with a rope under the end of the boat. And we would fang around the lake and, uh, and just have a great old time. Well, we were a little bit competitive. So, so the idea was that the person who's driving the boat, there would be the one driver and, and, and we would all take turns and whoever held on to the, to the rope and the tube the longest would actually would, would win. And so me and my mates being really competitive, we, we get in and, and of course, if you've ever been skiing or, or, or uh, whatever it may be before tubing, you know, you realise that there's a wake and you've got to, you bounce over the things and you can fall off and have a lot of fun. And so my mates go on and they're hanging on, but they eventually they fall off and it comes to my turn. I, I, I get in, I'm jumped in the water, I'm hanging on. I've got myself in, into a, a fairly decent posture that I think is going to really succeed. I'm holding onto the rope in front of me. The tube is sitting around about me and it's hollow in the middle. And, and so I'm giving the thumbs up and off we go. And so they start fanging down the lake and turning a corner and I'm holding on. And I'm going, this is easy, this is easy. And then partway through, something started to change. The tube was so big that my hips started to sink into the middle of it. But that wasn't the only problem. The problem was I hadn't double tied, double knot tied my board shorts. And so as my hips are sinking, my board shorts are filling with water. And I have a decision to make because I can feel them starting to slip lower and lower. And I have a decision to make. Do I let go of the rope and save my board shorts? Or do I just let my board shorts go? I just let my board shorts go. <laughs> and, and so we're going around the lake and, and, and no word of a lie, the guys on the boat can see my board shorts start to float up in the air. And they all of a sudden realise, hang on, there was a bunch of people about 200 metres over on the road over there. Let's go over that way. Because they understand David no longer has any clothes on. We're going to get him off in front of people. And so we have a lot of fun and all that thing. But I remember in that moment that I was like, I'm holding onto this rope for dear life. Like I am not going to let anything get me off this rope. I'm going to keep everything covered as much as I possibly can. And I'm going to hold onto this thing if it's the death of me. You know what I found true in my life? is the prophetic words in my life I have to hold onto for dear life. Because in seasons where things are going pear shape and things don't match up with the prophetic word that's been over my life and I, I don't understand the season that I'm going through, I have to hang on to God's Word. I have to hang on to the Word that He's spoken over me. I have to hang on to His Word that guides me in the midst of the troubles that I'm facing. I have to hang on to it. And can I tell you, in this season, this is the thing that sustains me. This is the thing that holds me all together. This Word is the thing that, that makes sure that I don't fall apart. And can I tell you, in the midst of this season, I know it's tough. I know it's difficult. I know things have not gone to plan. But can I tell you, God's Word is true and it's faithful and it's worth holding on to with everything you've got. In fact, the Bible says He's like a rock that you build your life upon. And everything comes about it, but your house stands. I love what D.L. Moody said. He said, faith takes God without any ifs. If God said it, faith says, I believe it. Faith says, amen to it. In other words, there's no other option. I don't have the right 
to change God's promises to fit my circumstances. I don't, I don't get the right to change the prophetic words that God has spoken over my life to fit into my current circumstances. No, because God said it, not me. I'm not the Lord of my life. So that His promises are either true or they're not. And I have decided I don't have another option. They're just true. And some of us need to get to a place where His Word is true. We hear here at City and, and, and what Pastor Corey and Simone are leading us in, we're moving from restriction to revival. I choose to say that we are moving from restriction to revival. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have another option. When, when it's said that we don't make any small plans in 2022, that's what it is. I hold on to that sucker until I see God come into the fullness of what He said. Because as I read through His Scripture, at not one point did He let Abram down. In fact, two chapters later, we see the fulfilment of the very thing that caused discouragement in Abram's life. How long will you hold on to God's promises? How long will you hold on? How long will you hold on to the faith that God has given you in the Word that He's placed in your life? And let me tell you, you may not have had a prophetic Word over your life, but you do have the Word of God that is a secure foundation. You get into that thing and you read it until it becomes part of you, until God speaks to you and you hold on to that thing. I have words and I have things in here that I highlight and I think because I need it to remind me in the midst of frustration when a simple takeaway person can't get my order right, (laughs) I decide to hang on to God's Word. (laughs) When things go pear-shaped around about me, I hold on to God's Word. When things aren't looking bright, I hold on to God's Word. Because it's God's Word is my foundation. It's the thing that I stand upon in every area of my life. It's the unchangeable thing. As the band comes and joins me, I want to share a little testimony of my wife. My wife um, is an accountant. She runs her own accounting firm. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, they were a bit concerned about the latest restrictions and all of the things that were happening and didn't know how they were going to get work done and out the door. And really in a season where I know that there are so many business owners and people that are are struggling and people that are losing jobs and people, things that are changing and shifting. I got home actually last night and my wife said to me, oh Dave, you you won't won't guess what happened. I was talking with one of my clients and and they've asked me to do, set up another three entities for them and, and do all of the work for them and do this for them. And I said, oh, what, like, have you got time to be able to do this? She goes, well, not really, but that's just the way it is. I'm not going to say no to the work in this season. I said, oh, just like, how much is that going to generate for the business? And she said, that's going to probably somewhere around $60,000 ongoing per year. In the midst of a pandemic, I know God's looking after me. I know God's looking after. He said that I won't go without need if I stay focused on the call of my life. If I stay true to the call that He has put before me, He will look after everything else that I need. And can I tell you, as you stay true to the call that's on your life, every need that's in your life will be met. Every need. As I was preparing this Word and reading through this story of Abram, who, mind you, the Bible says is the father of faith. I see in this moment that God started to speak to me. He said, 
the Word of the Lord is coming to you in this season and saying it's time to dream again. It's time to imagine what it looks like for you to be walking in your divine destiny. In the midst of a pandemic where it looks impossible, it is time to get heaven's perspective. It is time to dream and think about what it looks like for the Kingdom of God to be established in the people's lives around about you. God has got a purpose and a plan for you in this season. And I know that there are people that you haven't seen loved ones for two years. You haven't seen people that you care about and you've been locked up in a one bedroom apartment for a long time now. And you're wondering if you are actually going insane. Can I tell you, the answer is hanging on to God's Word. It's hanging on to what He has said. As I started to meditate on this, I started to think about that there were, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying that there were people that in this season you've lost your job. But the reality of the circumstances, if you're aware of it, is that God's been nudging you and pushing you and encouraging you to step out in faith, leave the secure paycheck to step into God's destiny. And this season is actually a season where God has shut the door because you haven't been brave enough to step into your destiny and He's now giving you the option to just step into it now. In fact, in the next 24 hours, I believe that there is a phone call coming your way that is opening up an opportunity that has been on your heart for years. But fear has bound you, but now is the time to take up courage. Now is the time that you have no other option but to step out in what God has called you to do. And can I tell you from someone that has lived this, that has stepped in a place where I'm like, I don't know what to do. God, I don't know what the future looks like. And God spoke to me so clearly. He said, David, it's time for you to leave your father's house and go to a land that I'll show you. He gave me no idea of what it would look like. I didn't know I was coming here. I didn't know what was ahead of me, but I chose to step out based upon the Word of God. And church, if we're obedient to the Word of God, we will eat the good of the land. We will see a revival come to this city. We will see a nation turn its knee, turn its heart, bow its knee before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We will see the manifestation of the Kingdom of God in our time if we hold on to that promise. So God, I pray for every single person here. God, I pray for every one of them in this moment. God, where there's fear that has bound them from stepping into the calling on your life. God, where there's been fear to, I don't know what it's gonna look like. God, I pray that courage would start to rise. God, that Your Word would come about uh, to them yet again. God, that as they Get, go to bed at night that Lord, just like You woke Abram and gave him a vision of what his future looked like. God, I pray that You would start to dream and, and birth visions in Your people. God, that would cause us to not just say that was a great dream or, or cause us to be discouraged by what we don't have, but God, it would give us courage and boldness to step out and be obedient to what Your Word has said. So God, I'm asking, Lord, that You would come through mightily, just like You've done in times gone past, just like You've been faithful in times past. God, would You be faithful yet again? 
God, we are Your children. We are Your servants. And we wanna be about Your business. So God, I pray, Lord, that You would come. In Jesus' Name. We're gonna sing. We're just gonna wait on God in this next moment. I want you to offer up everything you have, pour out your heart yet again before Him as the band leads us in worship. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.